Hey, this is Jim Fleming, and this is the Stuart Heights Fleming Sunday School Podcast. This podcast is a recording of our weekly Sunday School class, as well as a few other teaching opportunities I get at my church. But before you listen further, you may want to go to teachings.jim314.com and download the student and or teacher handouts so you can follow along visually and take some notes. Thanks for listening, come back often, and feel free to add this podcast to your favorite podcast app or to iTunes. Now let's get to this week's lesson. Good morning, everybody. All right, today is week 15 of our Roman series. We're going to finish up chapter uh, 5 today, and uh, we'll jump in talking about kind of what we started each week with is our Bible study time proposal, uh, just to make sure that we Remember that we are relying on the Holy Spirit to lead and to guide, staring at the text, talking to others in the church, and then uh, jumping into uh, the various tools. Uh, I hope that this has been helpful for you, um, and I hope it's made you kind of process internally the order in which we do things and the length of time with which we do things. Uh, so, whoop. Uh, so just a quick review of where we are so far in Romans. Uh, this is the fourth major section. We've looked at Paul's introduction and righteousness introduced. Uh, we've looked at righteous wrath. It was weeks and weeks and weeks of the hammer of God's wrath hitting down on man. Uh, saving righteousness. Uh, but now, uh, Jesus Christ comes into the picture. And then from chapters 5 through 8 uh, is righteous freedom. Uh, and one of the concepts that I want to talk about today is understanding that when God tells a story, it's very specific, it's on purpose, and he's using the words and the methods and the time and the strategies and the objectives that, that he wants to. Uh, this is not accidental, this is not something that's close to what he wants, uh, and the reason that, that we don't mess with things is because he is telling a bigger story. Uh, and I found a video online that I think really illustrates this well, uh, and it has almost nothing to do with today's text. But we're going to take the concept from it, apply that towards what Paul's talking about uh, today in Romans chapter 5. So before we read today's text, I want to show this video. Hopefully at some point in your life you have realized that God is telling a bigger story. The individual components that we see all throughout Scripture are not isolated, disconnected ideas. They are intimately and integratedly connected with each other. Uh, and as we look at today's text, which is the second half of Romans 5, and if you want to go ahead and open your Bibles to Romans 5, this would be a good time to do that. Um, I want you to see that a story that we are probably all very familiar with is really about something else. So we're going to start reading in Romans uh, 5 verse 1 through the end of uh, Romans 5, and then we'll come back and talk about the text. Romans 5. <clears throat> Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. And endurance produces character, 
and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would even dare to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. And more than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now have received reconciliation. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. But the free gift is not like the trespass. For if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. And the free gift is not like the result of that one man's sin. For the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation. But the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. For if because of one man's trespass death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men... So one act of righteousness leads to justification in life for all men. For as by the one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. Now the law came in to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. So that as sin reigned in death, grace also must reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So we start each week with asking questions, because that's what Bible study is, is asking and answering questions. So are there any literary or structural observations of this week's text? Does anything in this week's text point us backward or forward in time? T-ball here, right? Yes. What are we talking about? What chapter? Genesis chapter. One, he made it. Two, it was good. Three, it all fell apart, right? We're going back to Genesis chapter 3. So what Paul is saying here is that there is a connection between Adam, the guy that God physically created and put with Eve in the garden, the first Adam, and this second Adam who comes thousands of years later and fixes what the first Adam broke. And that's the big picture here. So we also see, is there a reference to anything else in the Old Testament? There's another guy I mentioned. He's kind of important. Moses, yes. Anybody know how much time there was from Adam to Moses? About? I'll give you a a hint. It has a comma in it. 2,500 years. And we we think, oh, it was just all in the Old Testament. It all happened like three weeks apart. No, 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 no. It was like hundreds and, and thousands of years apart that these things happened. So from Adam 
all the way to Moses is about 2,500 years. There's a big gap of time there. So here's your first blank, if you've got your hand out there. We must know the Old Testament so we can understand the New Testament. We don't get to just skip past all the old stuff and jump right into the new stuff because we will not understand the new if we do not understand the old. We will have a significantly deficient understanding of the New Testament if we ignore the Old Testament because the New Testament writers... Guess what they reference all the time? The Bible of their day, right? And the Bible of their day was the Old Testament. Uh, and Paul does it dozens and dozens of times uh, all throughout Romans. So, so let's take a look at what these words mean. Um, I hope you see as we go through these words that there's a richness and a depth and a beauty to the, the specific words that uh, the Holy Spirit chose for us to have. Um, and I hope you fall in love with these words because they are... They are beautiful, beautiful words. So verse 12, Romans chapter 5. Therefore, just as or exactly like sin or this offense came into, entered into the world, the cosmos, through... Now you remember, what was the word? Dia in Greek? But what did we use dia for earlier in Romans chapter 4? You remember? How do we... We are saved by grace... Dia faith, through faith, right? The dia is, is the, the first part of the word diameter. And the diameter runs through the center of a circle. You have to go through the center of a circle if you want to have a diameter. And verse 12 here in Romans 5 says, Just as sin came into the world through one man. So if you want to take notes on this handout, here's a good time to take one. We reference a lot of people and we don't necessarily name them because this is what Paul does. Paul assumes his reader knows. So who's the one man we're talking about here? That's Adam, right? So if you side of your notes, you can put Adam there. Through one man. That's Adam. And death through sin. So sin comes in through Adam. And as a result of the sin, death happens. And so then death spreads. I want you to think about uh, poison here for just a second. Um, some of you uh, watch movies. Uh, and some of you know that... Uh, there's a movie called Batman, um, and in one of the Batman movies, uh, one of the bad guys tries to poison the water supply of Gotham City, right? And if you poison the water supply at the source, who gets impacted? Everybody gets impacted, right? So this, this spreading happens for everybody. Nobody gets to be immune. And, and even that is a bad example because you could just move to another city and you'd be fine, right? So think about it this way. The air is toxic on the entire planet. And all the oxygen tanks that existed, they blew up. You can't use them. They're broken. Right? You have to breathe the air, and the air is toxic. Guess what happens to us then? We die. Yes, this is very straightforward. This is not a complicated concept, right? So this word means death spread. It traversed. It came. It departed. It passed. It pierced through. There's your blank. It pierced through. It walked around. I like the word pierced through because it, it's, it's inside, right? I have an inside problem, and it is me. So I have this, this sin and this death have infected all men because who sinned? All sinned. Well, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Oh, time out, time out, time out. All we talked about is one man did one sin. And now he's jumped to all men and sinned. I'm going to throw my not fair flag. <laughs> right? You know, referees in football games, they throw penalty flags and the flag comes out and we stop the game and we talk and we call a penalty and somebody gets to move and it's bad. Right? That's not fair. 
this is not fair. Anybody ever felt that way about Adam? I mean, seriously, I mean, this, it, it, it really, it, it's offensive, to actually, to think that, that I am guilty because of something somebody else did. That I didn't even know. Like, it's not like, oh, uh, Ron Hawks, who is extraordinarily gifted with uh, guns, right? If I gave you a weapon, you, you'd probably be the baddest dude in the room, right? I mean, just, yeah, well, except for Mitch, maybe. Mitch, I mean, I wouldn't want to bother either one of you with a weapon, but let's, let's just say we, we've given you a weapon. And I had the ability to stop you before you went and did massive harm. I am accountable for that, right? But, but if you're in another country, in 200 years before I was ever born, and you killed people, like, how, how am I on the hook for that? That's pierced through. When Adam sinned, it got in him. When he had kids, it got in them. When they had kids, it got in them. Dot, 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 dot. It's in us. We're infected. So if I'm infected, what do I need? I need a cure. (laughs) I love that Paul doesn't wait too long to get to the cure here. So just as sin came into the world through one man, Adam got us in, and death through sins, and so death spread, it pierced through, it walked around to all men because all sin. For sin, indeed, was in the world, in the cosmos, before the law, the nomos was given. But sin is not counted. Now, you, you guys remember the word legizomai? I said this about a thousand times a couple of weeks ago. This accounting term, this is not legizomai. This is a different Greek word. It means something similar but it's not the same word. And I love that Paul doesn't use the same word for what is fundamentally a different concept here. But sin is not counted where there is no law. So think about that for a second. If there is no law, who's guilty? Um, When you want to leave the city of Chattanooga and drive to Nashville, what do most of you get on? The interstate, right? Did the interstate have a different name when they first came out? Yes, they did. Anybody remember what it was? Start with an F. The freeway. You know why they called it the freeway? You were free to go as fast as you wanted. There was a period of time in U.S. history where the freeway was like the Autobahn in Germany, you go as fast as you want. And when the oil crisis hit in the late 70s, they realized that if you slow people down, you actually get better gas mileage. Better gas mileage means less oil that you use. Less oil that you use means we don't have to rely on others as much, and we stemmed and slowed the oil crisis quite a bit. And what they found is that people lived longer, too, when you let them uh, go a little slower, right? But the freeway, you could go as fast as you wanted, If sin is not counted, where there is no law. So were you breaking the law if you went 110 miles an hour on the freeway when it was free to go as fast as you wanted? No, not at all. And then they did what? Put up speed limits. Now if you go 110 miles an hour, are you breaking the law? Yes, you're breaking the law. And you will meet someone, most likely. Uh, Either someone in an ambulance uh, or someone giving you a ticket. Uh, But sin is counted where there is a law. There is a standard. Now, here's I have a question for you. Could you sin in that 2,500-year period between Adam and Moses? Was there sin? Yes. So did sin depend on the existence of the law? 
No, it didn't, right? Not the Mosaic law. When God told Adam the directions on day six, what did he tell him he could do? What did he tell him he could do? He could eat off of anything in that garden except for that one tree. He gave him a rule or a law of sorts. And what did Adam do? He broke it, right? Which is what, that's what we do. We break things, right? And the good thing is that we have a beautiful Savior who restores. So death reigned. Another word for this word reigned in verse 14 is ruled. Death ruled. Death was in charge from Adam to Moses. So from Genesis 3 to Exodus 20, death reigned. Even those, over those whose sinning was not like, was not in the same shape as the transgression of Adam. Because think about it. When I sin, is my sin, does my personal Jim Fleming sin in 37343 impact all of the rest of the world? Not the way Adam's did, right? I mean, those are two fundamentally different things. And we'll, we'll talk about why Adam matters in this way uh, a little bit toward the end of the lesson. So was not like the transgression of Adam. Who was a, and this is a really important word right here, who was a type? The blank here is die, D-I-E. And I don't mean like die as you would keel over, I'm dead. Um, I mean die as in a die that is cast and that you're going to stamp something. This die, this stamp, this style or resemblance of the one who was to come. Who's the one who is to come? That's Jesus, right? So now we're, if you want to draw a line from that one, that's Jesus. So Adam was a type of Christ. He was a example or a style or a, a die of something that was coming that was better. There's a shadow and then there's the substance. A lot of beautiful richness here. So how was Adam like Christ? Well, Adam had a choice, and he failed at his choice. And Jesus had a choice, and he succeeded at his choice. Adam was tested in a garden and failed, and Jesus was tested in a garden and passed. Right? And there's dozens of these that you can do, but Adam and Jesus are very intimately connected in uh, theology. So verse 15, but the free gift, your blank there is gratuity. G-R-A-T-U-I-T-Y, gratuity. Now, what do we, if, if I had to give you a, if I said, tell me a synonym for gratuity, you'd say what? Tip, right. We have watered down the word gratuity, the problem is, um, because it's, it's much more substantive than a tip. Uh, because the free gift that Jesus gives us is much more than a tip, right? I mean, it, it, we call it a tip, and you go, that's, no, it's, it's more than that. The gratuity is not like the trespass, which is great. <laughs> right? Because Adam's trespass, his transgression, got us into the problem. If Jesus' gift to us got us more into the problem, what kind of a gift would that be? Right? That makes no sense. So Adam, so, Adam, so Paul is trying to very explicitly draw a distinction between the two. He just finished up saying Adam is a type of Christ. So we're looking for similarities. And now he's going to say, but there's a couple of areas where they're not similar. And what they actually did was not similar. So for if many died through one man's trespass, through one man's slip, much more have the grace, the charis of God, and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded. 
Did I put the definition of the word abounded in your notes there? Superabounded, be in excess, be superfluous. That's a word you use often, right? Um, Jules, can you get me a cup of water real quick? Yep. Uh, no, no ice, just water would be great. Thanks. Uh, and Anna Grace, can you fill up a pitcher of water for me? And Dave Barber, can you bring me that garbage can right there? I'm going to show you what superfluous is. I drink Deer Park water bottles. Uh, I start with one. I usually finish one by 9 o'clock in the morning, 9.15 in the morning. Um, I try not to drink too many in the morning before I teach Sunday school because I need to teach the entire time. So um, <clears throat> I thought that was funny, but I guess it wasn't. Thank you. I, appreciate, I, th- I heard one laugh over here. I wasn't sure if it was the baby or not. So. Um, but during the day, I will refill these, uh, and I usually get to about five or six uh, water bottles a day, which that's kind of my, feels like a decent amount, right? Um, but they're kind of hard to fill a little bit. All right, so we're going to, so I, this cup of water, so Miss Joanne, I'm going to have you testify here about how far is the water from the top of the lid, from the rim there. Three quarters of an inch. I'd say that's about right. So I'm going to take a sip of the water. You didn't, it's nothing funny in the water, right? Okay, awesome. All right, and I took a little sip. Maybe it's seven-eighths of an inch now. Can you fill me up? No, no, fill all the way. All the way. Would you say the cup is full at this point? Like it just, keep going. Keep going. That is superfluous. Keep, no, 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 no. We're talking about the grace of God here. <laughs> this is beautiful, right? This is the word that is used. This is the word. We can't use it all. The rate with which, thank you, Dave. The rate, with, I didn't even think about cleaning up, right? The rate with which this comes at us is faster than we can consume. This is wonderful. In this particular example is that God is waterboarding us with grace. <laughs> Probably too strong, I know, but that's okay. Super abounded, superfluous. It is more. It's an overflowing cup. For just one person, right? No, for many. For many. So he's not just doing this for one, it's for many. Verse 16, and the free gift, this bestowment, it's a different word for gift, is not like the result of that one man's sin. Again, this is great. For the judgment or the condemnation following one trespass brought condemnation. This is an adverse sentence. A-D in the word verse. An adverse sentence. So this is anything that comes down against you in court. Anything. Whether it's little or whether it's big. The judgment following one trespass brought guilty. Guilty. That's what it brought. But the free gift, this gratuity, following many trespasses. Remember, Adam to Jesus and beyond is a lot more sin than just Adam's first sin. Would you agree? Yes. The free gift following many trespasses brought what? Not guilty. Justification. 
this is good. Because one sin brought guilty, and Jesus' work brought not guilty. Verse 17, for if because of one man's trespass, one man slipped, death reigned or ruled, the same word back in verse 14, through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance. Now, uh, did I put the definition of abundance in there for you? I did not misspell that word. Surplusage. That is a great word. It is actually a legal word today. Anybody know what surplusage means today? It means when you, it feels like it's more than you need, right? So there's the word plus in there. This is uh, when a lawyer is making an argument that really doesn't have anything to do with uh, what he's really trying, should be talking about, when he's gotten sidetracked, when he's chasing rabbits, uh, and the judge uh, should tell him to shut up because he's not helping his case at all. Much more will those who receive the surplusage of grace. So we, we waterboarded grace earlier, and now it's, it's just gotten everywhere. It's beyond the bounds of perhaps what it was even, dare I say, intended for. It's just all over the place of grace. We are swimming in grace here. And, because he's not done, right? The free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Because sin was reigning. Sin was ruling. Sin was on the throne. And now righteousness is going to reign, which is good because I don't want to live in a world where sin reigns. So verse 18, therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness, one act of equitable deeds leads to justification or not guilty and life. I love the ands in Paul. He keeps adding things on because it was before it was just not guilty. Now it's not guilty and I'm going to give you life too because that's cool. For all men. For as by the one man's disobedience, it's a new word here. We hadn't seen this word in Romans yet. It means inattention, which I think is the best way to describe Adam's sin in Genesis 3. It was inattention. Some of you wrote to me this week and said, why does, why does Adam get the blame? Because it looked to me like Eve sinned first. Who got the law delivered to them? Adam. He's on the hook. It is his responsibility. It's his responsibility. That is who God gave the responsibility to. And that is who God held accountable first. And then he held the woman accountable. And then he held who accountable? Oh, his day is coming. His day is coming. For as by the one man's disobedience, inattention, the many were made sinners. That word made means to be placed down permanently. We have uh, laid something down so that it is not going to come up. So by the one man's obedience, who are we talking about here? Jesus, right? So by one man's obedience, this is attentive hearkening. Jesus was paying attention to what the Father wanted, and he executed it flawlessly. It means compliance or submission or obedience. Imagine having all power and being submissive. Like, that's just amazing to me. Absolutely amazing. So, Adam's inattention, Jesus' attentive hearkening, that the many will be made righteous. And then verse 20, now the law came... It came in. Uh, the, the word here, it's not an idea of sneaky. It's an idea of secret. 
Um, there was a, um, it wasn't necessarily as public as you might think. The law came in stealthily to increase the trespass. So why would we talk about increase the trespass? Because once you put the speed limit sign up, now everybody who drives past the speed limit sign knows I'm breaking the law. Right? Now what if, what if the speed limit is 65 and you go 66? It's still breaking. Now you might not get a ticket, right? I mean, that's a punk of a cop that would give you a ticket for 66 and a 65. Uh, but, but you're still breaking the law, right? And when we put up laws and we make them public, trespasses increase because now we know about them, right? The, the most difficult question I ever tried to answer, I got pulled over coming out of Greenville, South Carolina after my sister's wedding and I was uh, speeding, and I didn't think I was speeding. I, had, I honestly did not think I was speeding. I had missed a speed limit sign. And the uh, state trooper that pulled me over, he said, I'll never forget this question. It's a, it's a bulletproof question. Do you have any legal justification for exceeding the speed limit? I got nothing. Nope. I got nothing. Whether I was aware of it or whether I was unaware of it, guilty. So guess what he did? He wrote me a ticket. Yes, he did. He did exactly what he was supposed to do. <clears throat> so when the law came, verse 20, it came in to increase the trespass. But where sin increased because of visibility and knowledge of the law, grace abounded all the more. And that word abound, that phrase abounded all the more is a brand new word in Romans. He hasn't used this one yet. So I want you to think about what we did just a minute ago with the superfluous and the water pouring out and the pouring out and the grace. We're just swimming in this. This takes all of those other words and mashes them up together and then like raises it to the power of 100. It's the strongest word that you can use in Greek for this. Which is wonderful. Because if we've got a race between sin and grace, I want grace to crush sin. I don't want it to be, well, I don't know. Who's going to win? It's getting close. It's coming down to the wire. I'm not really sure. No. My Jesus has nobody that comes in second place. Nobody else finishes the race. He's the only one that finished the race. Everybody else gets disqualified. That's the way this works. It's absolutely beautiful. So where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. So that as sin reigned, as sin ruled in death, grace might also rule through righteousness, leading to eternal life. Now he plays down the rook card, right? He's been holding the rook the whole time. Now, now we're going to play eternal life. Because yeah, he's talked about life, but he hasn't talked about eternal life yet. So not only does sin die, not only does sin no longer reign, not only does death get defeated, but now we have eternal life on top of this. This, my friends, is the cherry on top of the milkshake. And now I want a milkshake. All right. <clears throat> so are there any repeated words in here? Yes, there are a lot of repeated words. There is one in particular that I would love for you to focus on. What one do you think that it might be? One. Yes. One. We get in by one. We get out by one. If you think one is unfair, you will probably think the other is unfair. I'm okay being guilty with Adam if I can be not guilty and have eternal life with Jesus. That, that is way more fair 
way more radically waterboarding me with grace than I ever deserve. So what are the words? I heard grace. Yes. What else? Rain is in there. Yes. What else? Sin. Obedience. Yes. Law. Yes. Abound. Yes. And the interesting thing, and this is one of the reasons I go through the definitions of these words, that word abound, it's like three or four different Greek words that just kind of get translated abound in English. And you go, "Mm, we just kind of peanut buttered over all the beautiful complexity that lets me go, thank you, Jesus, for this beautiful gift that's super abounding squared. All right, so I'm going to give you a a theological term here on the the backside of your handout. What are some observations of the text? Uh, Verse 12. So... When we are all guilty because Adam, this is called federal headship. Federal headship, like federal government. So who's the head of our federal government? The president, right? So could the president do something that we would all be included in? Yes. He has nuclear launch codes. If he pushes the nuclear launch codes and decides to say, I don't know, wipe Canada off the map. I have relatives in Canada. I hope he doesn't do that. I have no reason to expect that he would. But if he wipes Canada off the map, are we going to be impacted by something that he did? Yeah. We're, we're probably going to be gone. <laughs> because the rest of the world, some of them have other weapons too. And I'm going to guess that some of them might get launched. And this is going to be bad. And our air, rewind back to the beginning of class, is going to be toxic for quite some time. <laughs> This is very, very bad. So just as our federal government head could do something that impacts all of us, Adam is the federal head of the human race. So that's how we get in. However, Jesus is the federal head of all the children of God, which is great. This is how we get out. So um, verse 16 Uh, Got a quote here from Robertson's New Testament word pictures. The gift surpasses the sin, which is wonderful. I think it's an extraordinarily concise um, view of the way this works. All right, so quickly review, apply what is the point, and then personalize. So what is the point? Guess what? This is about that. The fall is about justification. Because if you have no fall, you need no justification. Right? If you're perfect, you don't need Jesus. And if you don't need Jesus, you have a problem. Because God does things with purpose and with order. Chris Arnold wrote me something this week. He said, God's love for us is apparent in his planning and his attention to details. He, the father, did not throw the whole plan away when Adam fell. Not at all. We're just going to execute. We're going to execute. We're going to execute. We're going to execute. It's going to be flawless execution. So what do we do with that? Well, don't mess with this or that. Uh, Don't mess with the text. This is why we don't change what the Bible says and what the Bible means. Because God is using it in a bigger way to tell a bigger story. We don't mess with the definition of marriage because it's about the gospel. We don't mess with the definition of communion because it's about the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We don't mess with baptism because it's about the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We don't mess with these things because we may not be fully aware at the end of all things and when we look back on all of history, how God was using these things for his 
his glory. And when we mess it up, when we change it, when we alter what he has made clear, we can be messing up with the story that he is trying to tell. So we don't mess with the text. All right, number two, what's the point? Adam gets us in. So I want you to understand the first Adam. We need to understand our problem. And then number three, Jesus gets us out. I want you to follow the second Adam. You can understand the first one, that's fine, but I want us to follow the second, because that is important. All right, so next week we start uh, chapter 6, we'll be in verses 1 through 14, the first half of that. Uh, But next week's lesson will be a little bit different, because you will need to log on to the internet to see next week's lesson, Uh, because next week we have a Sunday school celebration. Uh, We will be in here for about five to seven minutes, where I will read the text. We will head to the gymnasium uh, for a a group exercise. I think you're going to enjoy some of these things that we're going to be doing, Uh, and then we'll come back in here for prayer time at the end. But the text of the meat of the teaching of the lesson will be online. So I will post that uh, later this week and we will go from there. Now, one more thing. We have a lunch after Sunday school today. Uh, so please stick around. It looks like we've got uh, a lot of food over there and some more in the back. Uh, so we'll do that at the close of the uh, morning service. At the Weekly update that is on your table. Make sure that you have got your name at the bottom. Uh, Even Caleb. Yes. Caleb counts. Uh, So make sure the name of everybody that was here in the room is there. If you will review those prayer requests, pray as a table. Uh, When you are finished praying as a group, you are dismissed. So thank you for coming to Sunday School today. And be sure to follow that second Adam. (laughs) 